0: Welcome to Wesleyan University's Hope Happens Here podcast. My name is Erin Daly. I am a sophomore and I play for the women's soccer team
1: here at West. And my name is Gabby Guzdak. I am a junior and I play for the field hockey team. This episode covers sensitive topics around disordered eating and body image. To start off this episode, we wanted to share some statistics with you about eating disorders and body image in athletes. So to start off with some interesting facts from the NCAA, Disordered eating behaviors and attitudes are prevalent among college athletes who are at greater risk for developing eating disorders than college non-athletes. And the NCAA also says that female athletes have a greater risk of eating disorders than female non-athletes. Also, a study in the Sport Journal found that sports such as gymnastics or figure skating, where how one's body looks or how one's body composition is, plays a role in the success of the sport, results in higher rates of eating disorders. And some stats that I found interesting as well
0: um, are that female athletes in general tend to view themselves as slightly overweight and wish to be thinner, whereas average-sized male athletes tend to uh, want to be bigger, and those who are overweight tend to wish to be thinner. Um, And a study published in the Sport Journal found that up to 84% of collegiate athletes reported engaging in maladaptive eating and weight control behaviors, such as binge eating, excessive exercise, strict dieting, fasting, self-induced vomiting, and the use of lo- weight loss supplements.
1: So as you can tell from all those statistics, there is definitely this is a pretty serious issue and something that definitely needs to be talked about. And one way to talk about it is to start to recognize some warning signs, whether that be within yourself or within a teammate. And if you recognize these warning signs, please seek professional help and don't be afraid to seek that help, even if it's helping someone else or yourself. And it's also important to know that these are just a few general warning signs and it's important to note general because there are so many categories of disorder behaviors that are different from one another. But these are just some general signs that might help you recognize when you or someone that you know needs help. So some of the warning signs are very, very specific behaviors and attitudes that indicate weight loss, dieting, control of food, anything like that becoming primary concerns, a preoccupation with weight, food, calories, how many grams of carbs am I eating? How many fat grams of fat am I eating? Like, Should I be dieting in this way? Anything like that, like those preoccupied thoughts. And any evidence of purging behaviors, including frequent chips to the bathroom after meals, signs and or smells of vomiting, presence of wrappers or packages of laxatives or diuretics and being used. Um, and again, these are really just general and these barely skim the surface of some of the warning signs. And sometimes they can be hard to catch, but just keeping an eye, whether that's on you or yourself or any of your teammates, just being aware of these things and then being able to be able to step in a little bit. Well,
0: I think it's also important to note that just um, the people can have like like, uh, lesser symptoms. I don't want to say lesser symptoms, but can experience like mild forms of these and might not feel like they're on the level of an eating disorder, like or like a clinical diagnosis, like of an eating disorder. Um, that doesn't mean there's not an issue. Um, you know, disordered eating is different than an eating disorder, but can be just as important to talk about and get help for, because uh, you don't want those uh, behaviors to lead to something worse and more severe. Um, and so, it's important to talk about um, people who suffer from disordered eating because they can have a lot of those same symptoms. Um, But the main difference will come down to the degree of the severity um, of those symptoms. So people with uh, disordered eating tend to experience these symptoms less frequently, as I said, or to a lesser extent, but that doesn't mean that this isn't a problem. Um, I know that I've had issues of my own in mental health where I'm like, you know what, this is fine. Like It's not a problem yet. I can do it on my own, um, but it's important to recognize if it's you, if it's someone else, you know, are there issues, are these things in my life something that maybe need addressing now and could turn into something worse?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I also think that goes back to the idea that just don't be afraid to seek help because even if you don't think it's that serious, like starting early to get help and recognizing that you are deserving of like, an acceptance with your body and an acceptance with food, regardless of what stage you think your disordered eating behaviors are at. Um, And I also definitely agree with Erin. Like, I know that I have definitely struggled with some disordered eating behaviors, and whether or not that went into eating disorder, it's hard to tell. Um, I also think that's another thing that's important to note, because sometimes it's hard to recognize these signs and symptoms in yourself until afterwards, like, whether that's months or years afterwards. Um, so it's really important to be able to recognize it in others because maybe then they can recognize it in you too, if you're struggling to recognize any of these signs or symptoms in yourself. So, um, well, and also feel, just, you know, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're good. Um, just knowing that it's
0: never too early to talk to someone, Yeah. you know, I think I've, I've, you know, I'm guilty of it too, of just being like, you know, I've got this, I'm, I'm on, i have had this under control, yeah. you know, it's, I'm, I'm kind of struggling right now, but I want to do it. I want to handle it, um, and it's led me to some not fun experiences that definitely could have been avoided had I gone to my coach, or had I gone to Caps, or had I gone to anyone, and just been like, "Look, I think that this is starting to be a problem." Um, and learning to—that's kind of been part of my my journey—is learning to say, "You know what? That this this is bigger than just me." And this is not just a bad day. This is not just a bad practice, um, a bad class day. You know, this is something that's now been dragging on for a little bit. And, and maybe it's time to, to talk to someone about it. And knowing that that doesn't make you weak or bad. Um, you're not over-exaggerating. No one's going to think that. I've definitely thought that that people are going to be like, oh, this is so small. This is not a problem. Um, but your coaches and your trainers... Um, caps like they're all there to talk to you which is something that I wish I would have kind of realized earlier
1: yeah I 100% agree I like the point that you brought up about like this is bigger than you too like people care about you and like people want to help and you deserve help pretty much is the bottom line and like you deserve to have peace with your body and with food and everything like that and especially as an athlete like you deserve to be able to go out there and compete at your full strength because you know that you're not depleting yourself or preoccupied with any of these other things and knowing that you as an athlete is so much more than how you look or how you eat like you are so much more than that and i think that's a really I like how you brought that up yeah yeah um
0: so we are gonna kind of talk about our own personal experiences we've kind of both touched on them a little bit so far um but we did want to kind of open uh the conversation up to our own experiences just so that anyone that's listening um you're not alone. I mean, there's a reason why we're doing this and we want to be involved with Help Happens Here. So
1: uh, Gabby, did you want to go through kind of your experience? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of my experiences with disordered eating behaviors and body dysmorphia and a lot of body image concerns, especially as an athlete, have been going on for a while. And I think that's kind of goes back to the idea we've already brought up that sometimes you don't think it's, you think you're over-exaggerating or you don't think it's that important. And looking back, I wish that I would have asked for help a little sooner. And I think it's, it spirals pretty easily, which I think is also why it's pretty important to ask for help early or recognize these signs early. And I know that, especially for me, late middle school, early high school, I struggled a lot with binge eating and some signs of orthorexia, just this preoccupation with health and being like I have to only eat this I can only eat this and if I eat this I have to go to the gym immediately after and I constantly think about how I was doing this and then every weekend I was at probably like eight or nine hour long field hockey tournaments every weekend and knowing that during the week I would be overexerting myself and just not fueling enough because I thought that to be a better athlete I had to be the thinner person I had to be a thinner version myself which just looking back is not true um, <laughs> not true at all no. Not true at all. exactly and I think looking back like I think it definitely caused more harm than good and body image is something that's so hard I think especially as an athlete because you always see other people and you're like I'm not as toned as that person or I'm not as x y and z and then you spend all this time focusing on other people and falling into these comparison traps that you kind of lose sight of yourself a little bit too I think and kind of what you can bring to the field or the court, whatever like that, that's outside of your body or the way you look. Um, And I think it can be hard to notice that. But once you do, it's kind of a game changer. Like, I think that's been one of my biggest things when I've been coming out of these behaviors is recognizing that I bring so much more as an athlete than just how I look and stuff like that. So I think that's important. And then I also think a big issue for me was when my senior year of high school I had a very extensive knee surgery, um, had my whole femur relocated, I got a pretty, pretty extensive yeah. surgery, um, and it ended up in me being bedridden for about a solid two months, couldn't bear weight for a really long time. And I think I know that we've talked about this, me and Aaron, before about just how a lot of us as athletes, too, we like to be in control. We like to be able to control what happens on the field and kind of like those control or controllable ideas but when you lose control what happens and I think you know me being in bed for two months straight and I was like I can't control field hockey I can't control my body I can't control all this but I was like what I can control is like what I'm eating and knowing that like if I eat like this like I'll come out stronger and just like it's definitely not true and it's so hard like looking back, I'm like, ah, like want to shake old me and be like, you're okay. Like you yeah. still deserve to eat even if you're not practicing or competing right now. And it's just kind of crazy. And I know like losing that control over, I wasn't able to cook any of my own food for so long. And I was like, what is in my food? Like, is there this amount of calories or all this stuff? And it's looking back, it's just, uh, it's tough. It's tough. But I think also too, like, that's the beauty of like recovery and like why you can choose recovery and why you deserve recovery. Cause when you can look back and recognize these things and recognize that, Hey, I'm doing better now. And like, I chose recovery because now I'm able to be a college athlete. And I think that's awesome. So that's kind of my topic there. I don't know if Erin, you want to build on that, expand on your own experiences, anything like that. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, I definitely resonate with the whole going back to like middle school. Like I remember like as a child, mm-hmm. I was a, twig like I had no meat on my bones from like birth to like 13 years old and then I hit puberty in like eighth grade and I filled out and that was the biggest like shock to me ever like it was like I went from having like a six pack and wearing like size double zero jeans to now I have stomach fat and I have legs you know and I have a chest, you know, and that that's a very weird feeling. Mm-hmm. And I wish we could talk a little bit more to the boys perspective. I'm sure I <laughs> don't know what it's like to fill out on your chest, <laughs> um, but it's a shock. Um, And I remember always just feeling like. Y- you watch like movies and you watch these shows and you see models and you're like, why doesn't my body look like that? And having to recognize and like over the years, having to recognize that like our bodies are meant for not meant for two different things, but we do two different things with our bodies. I'm not prepping to, you know, go on the cover of Victoria's Secret or Sports Illustrated, you know, swimsuit edition. You know, my, my, my job, my body right now is, is soccer and being able to recognize that has helped so much and knowing that I wouldn't be where I am today without my body Mm -hmm. and without caring for it and feeding it and fueling it. Um, But I, and also resonating a lot with the injury. Um, I'd say just over a year ago, I got a pretty big surgery on my hip, um, which took me out of, I think it was like running for, I think it was like three months, three, four months. And then, Soccer for another month, month and a half after that, um, which I mean, from going from playing soccer every single day and playing a sport every single day to just not um, extremely frustrating and like try, I would like army crawl to the kitchen. Cause I'm like, I need to do something other than sit on the couch with my crutches Um, I need to go get a plate of food. I need to go get water and I'm, I need to do it myself. And there, so I, you know, I remember starting to get back into running and I just did not feel like my body, um, just felt like bloated and big. And I just didn't, it didn't, I I felt like I was in someone else's body, which is a shitty feeling. Sorry to pardon my language. Um, but it is. And, uh, Right about right when I started getting back to running and playing, um, I ended up having to get my tonsils out, which was a complete 180 from, you know, not working out and eating to not eating at all, just from the sheer pain. And I think I lost like 10 pounds in like four or five days mm-hmm. because there was nothing going into my body mm-hmm. and there was a common need to me um, after about like the second week of not eating. Um, that like, oh, you look fit, you look slim, you look ready to play. And I couldn't even stand in the shower for five minutes without having to sit down. You know, I felt like I was going to pass out and I'm like, this is game ready. Like if I step on a field right now, I'm going to die. Um, and so that just kind of stuck in my head. That phrase just kind of kept repeating for months and, obviously COVID happened. Um, School was weird, COVID is weird. Um, Trying to recover from that hip injury. um, I didn't really feel like myself playing soccer. So, you know, soccer had always kind of been the outlet. When I had a weird day or a bad day at school, it was I can go play soccer and just take my mind off of it. And now my escape was just another problem um and it kind of became food kind of became the control of like I I need I need to be slim I need to be ready to play I need to be fit so instead of fueling myself I'm gonna restrict what I'm eating to feel like that game ready body that I was told I had without any food in me um and then getting back at like eight o'clock and then just eating any and everything i saw because i was hungry from a day of not eating um and it was it was rough and it was something that i i recognized was wrong but at the same time was like this is what it takes you know this is this is self-control not a problem um and now i look back and it just it's sad it's not it's not fun and you want to look at yourself and be like that's not how we, we treat our bodies kindly
1: yeah Yeah. I think the part about like, oh, you look game ready really resonates with me too. Cause it's like, like, why are we still saying things like this to people? Like, why are we still making comments about people's bodies? Even if the intentions like aren't like, even if the intentions aren't negative, like just any comment about a body is just, it's not worth it almost. Yeah. No, for sure. And just like, we don't even know how these thoughts can spiral. Like you especially as an athlete like you're so much more than your body and just like oh like you have great skills you have great communication you're a great teammate like those things are so much more important than the way you look um Mm -hmm. and i think it's just it's tough to hear that like these experiences are definitely kind of common too which i think is the scary part and i also wanted to touch on how you brought up about how we are two women talking about this but you know, eating disorders and body image issues in athletes are not restricted to female athletes. Um, male athletes have just as much of an issue and it's probably less talked about. So I think that's something also important to note. And um, I wish that we did have a little bit of a that side of the perspective. But any... we love for a male to come on and yeah. speak about
0: their problems or <laughs>
1: their, their mental health going forward. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But I think building on that, like you also deserve help, and you deserve happiness. And so, just if you're out there listening, and you're like, "Oh, like I don't really know of any other male who has an eating disorder," of like trust me, you're not alone. So, just hope that kind of sticks. So yeah, yeah. No, it's. I mean, it's it's everyone, and I feel like it's just
0: because I think it's we're just now getting to a point in our society where we're realizing that not only is it eating disorders, obviously bad not good um and we're starting to recognize that i don't think that was as prevalent a couple decades ago um but also just um eating disorder like culture um you know i kind of talked about this when we were prepping this episode um but just the whole idea of bad food versus good food where it's like food isn't bad or good it has New, different nutrients or it's more nutritional or less nutritional. Um, you know, you might have eating an apple might be beneficial right now. That doesn't I mean you can't have a bag of m ms later or you can't have it, a bag of m ms right now. You know, it's, it's this idea that, and there's a whole bunch and I, I wish actually I would have pulled some of those up, but like the whole, like just eating disorder culture mm-hmm. in general, telling someone being like, Oh, you look skinny today. Like, no, the people are so much more than that. Like we, that's, that's like an unnecessary comment to make. And I don't really know why. And people sometimes think it's like a compliment. Yeah. And it's just that yeah. we are like, you look skinny or you look big or, you know, it just, there's just so many things where it's just like, why are we talking about, it? like, why does it matter? Why are we talking about it? Yeah. Tell someone like their shirt, like, <laughs> you know, go to the shirt before
1: you go to the body. Like it just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think kind of building off that, I think it's a great segue into our next topic about what can teammates do to help in this situation. And I think that really touches on it. Like, I think the biggest thing for me is watching our language and how we talk around each other, especially in locker rooms. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like why it's, I think it's just like today's society. Like it's easy for us to nitpick every single part of our bodies. And sure, when you're in a locker room and you're getting changed and you look down you're sitting and you're like wow my thighs like huge today And it's like you're just sitting putting on your shoes and like trying to like reduce that talk in the lang- like in the locker rooms and like watching our language around our teammates and I I have heard I've never actually done this but I think I might want to incorporate it but I've heard that some locker rooms have incorporated like kind of like these words where if someone notices like oh we're getting in some t- to some rough territory with language here like we're talking a little bit about too much about how we look or like all this eating stuff like you just call out a random word like pickle and everyone's like I yeah. oh i've heard of that too, yeah yes, yes, like yes. reel it back in and i think that's such a great way to just like remind everyone that like we don't have to be talking about this like this is the least interesting thing about us as athletes is the way we look or like what we do or like anything like that like you know what i mean like that there's so many other things to talk with your teammates about as opposed to like constantly nitpicking yourself to like being like oh i look so like bloated in my uniform today like it's just it's not worth it and i think just watching that language and being mindful of how we're talking and then extending on that is just to be a good teammate if you think that one of your teammates is struggling is be there as a resource be there as a shoulder that they can lean on just be someone that they can talk to about this stuff and come in fully judgment free like just be there for them I think is huge mm-hmm. yeah I think it's cool that you mentioned the uniform and
0: I think that I think everyone's kind of again can only speak from the girl's perspective but I, I think we've all kind of looked at ourselves in the mirror in their uniform and like oh I wish I looked different or how do I look do I, you know do I look good in my uniform and it's like your uniform is not there for you to look good in mm-hmm. your uniform is there to help you perform at your peak mm-hmm. you know I wear my shin guards so I don't get my knees busted. Or my shin guards busted my shins busted. Oh my goodness. Uh you know, and I'm wearing my I'm not wearing my shorts, my spandex to be cute in. I'm not wearing my my goalkeeper jersey and my gloves to be cute in. Like they're there to help assist me in my sport. Yeah. And that's it. Um yeah. and to work out them. Nothing, they're not there to make me look cute.
1: Yeah. I fully agree. And I think it's just you know what? Like we said, like body acceptance, like it can be hard. And body acceptance doesn't mean you love your body 24-7 and you're always like, I am amazing. Like that's just not realistic. And obviously no, that's like key. it's yeah. key to the recognize. That- exactly. exactly. Like it's key to recognize that your body is so much more than just like how it looks. And like body acceptance, you can appreciate all your body does for you and treat it with care, respect, compassion, and recognize that how you look is the least interesting thing about you, and like that's not even like a knock, like that's not a negative thing. But like, no, for sure, you have so many other important qualities. Like, you are awesome. You are an amazing athlete. Like, you are cool, smart, talented, funny. Like, an amazing teammate. All these other things. And like, when you list out all these things, like your body is not on there. And I think that's just yeah. something to, that's really important to note.
0: Well, and I think yeah, and especially, and we're speaking to to Wesleyan students and Wesleyan student athletes. You know. Wesleyan is a great school. You're intelligent. You're hardworking. I mean, you, no one here is, is here and, and slid through high school. That's just not, <laughs> there's no way. And our teams are, are very good for, you know, for the conference we're in, for the division we're in. You know, everyone here is here for a reason. Um, and that's so important to, to recognize. And like you said, your image and the way you look the probably the least interesting thing about you there is so much more to you as a person um that i mean there's so many more things to talk about than Mm. than the way you look or or your body or you know to be concerned with having a a coke with dinner versus water
1: yeah oh absolutely um oh sorry i was gonna say absolutely like i think that's a great point great point
0: all right, I think we are going to wrap up this episode just with some resources that you can go to if you feel that you or a teammate or a friend is struggling with um either eating disorder, body image issues, disordered eating, anything like that. Um so number one I think is would be coaches, um athletic trainers. You know, they are there for you. Um all of them want to see you compete at your best level. Not only that, but they want to see you grow as a human being. And um, if you are a teammate or someone you know is struggling, they want to be there to help. Um, number two, I think, would be uh, CAPS. Um, so the number to call if you want to schedule an appointment or they have, like, after-hour talks as well um, that connect you uh, immediately to a therapist is 86068529 uh 10. Um, and a great resource at caps would be Kelsey Vasali. Um, she does a lot of works with in, uh, does a lot of work with intuitive eating uh, workshops. They're offered typically each semester. Don't know if they're just one in the semester. I think they're multiple. Mm-hmm. Um, but her main interest um, include body image and eating concerns as well as helping student athletes. So if she's just someone that you want to see, you know, on your own time, I think she'd be a great person to go to. Um, and then we also have some non wesleyan resources as well. Uh, we have the Hidden Opponent, which is a, uh, college, uh, uh, sports mental health awareness, um, advocacy campaign, advocacy campaign. Um, and it's growing. It's, it's, kind of similar to Hope Happens Here, where it's got different chapters at different universities across the country. Um, And then lastly would be NEDA or NETA, not sure exactly how you pronounce it, but it's the um, National Eating Disorder uh, Association. Um, And if you ever need to speak to someone, they have online chats on their website, which is um, nationaleatingdisorder.com, or you can call or text uh, 800 nine three one two two three seven and speak to someone um so yeah i think yeah that's gonna wrap us up for today
1: absolutely so thank you all for listening and we really appreciate it. and we hope that you take away some lessons from this and um maybe go treat yourself have a little snack you know you deserve it <laughs> <laughs> go to summies. <laughs>